Great to see everyone this morning. Welcome to all the family of Church Unlimited across uh, our campuses across New Zealand and also overseas in Australia. Uh, Tavola can't join us this morning, but maybe one day they will. But we want to welcome everybody in this morning. So coming up, campuses, we've got a half night of prayer, which I'm sure you're very excited about, May the 19th. And to add some power to the half night of prayer, we're going to do three days of prayer and fasting before that. And just tell the, say to the person next to you, about time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know you've been waiting for that. So that will be the Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, May 16 through to, what is it? 17, 18 and 9. 17, 18 and 19. All right. Why don't you stand one more time because we're going to come to the Word of God now. And I know you're hungry to hear from God what He's got to say to you this morning. So just begin to lift your voice and say, God, I'm desperate to hear your voice this morning. God, you got to speak to me. I need a moment with you. Lord, you need to touch me. You need to heal me. God, I need a breakthrough. Lord, I've come to your house. I'm expectant. I'm believing. God, you're going to do something supernatural. You're going to do something powerful in my life this morning. So Lord, we welcome you here in this place, all across our campuses. And Lord, we release the power of God. We release the miraculous and the supernatural, Lord, in which your church was born. And Lord, I pray every person here today, those online, will have a moment with you that will change their lives forever. They will leave here saying, I was glad when they said, let us go unto the house of the Lord. In Jesus' Name we pray. Anyone said? Okay, grab a seat today. Leviticus 6 and verse 13. A fire shall always be burning on the altar. That's the altar of your heart. Read the next part with me. It shall never go out. Say it again. It shall never go out. Romans 12 verse 11. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor. Serving the Lord. There's a key to keeping it, by the way, right there. Serving the Lord. Make sure you have that in there as well. Then we go to Matthew 24, 12 and 13. Because lawlessness, iniquity will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But he endures to the end, shall be saved. You have to endure to the end, folks. You may be sitting here today, that's great, but you've got to endure to the end in order, according to the Bible, that to be saved. And the thought here is that there's a cold wind blowing. We touched on this a, a while ago. But, uh, you know, there's a, you've got to jealously guard the fire in your heart because the enemy is after your fire. He wants to dim it. He wants to calm it down. A lot of it comes through the through the media and many, many other ways. The ungodly world we live in, there's a, the, the cold wind is blowing all the time to dim the fire in our hearts. We're gonna explore that a bit more today. Let's go to Acts chapter two, verse two to four. And we suddenly there came a sound from heaven of a rushing mighty wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. There appeared to them divided tongues as of fire and one sat upon each of them. They all filled the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues. The church was born in the fire. You know, that is the, the, that is the original design. It was born in fire. They were baptized in fire. 
and the way the church was born is the only way it can ever truly continue. Without the fire of God, we have religion. Religion is dead. Religion is boring. The world's not interested in religion. They want something different. They want to see a church that is on fire for God. That's how the church was born. Friends, so tell the person next to you, never lose your fire. <laughs> Make sure you get your fire first and then never lose it. We said a while ago, listen to this. The fire inside you needs to be greater than the fire outside of you. Yeah. I reckon it's crunch time. I reckon it's time to make some decisions because there's very strong headwinds coming against you and against the church of Jesus Christ. And without the fire of God in our lives, it's going to be easy to lose our way. It's time to draw a line in the sand. It's time to say, I'm done with lukewarm, casual Christianity. I'm going all out for God. And I don't care if my friends don't come with me. It's a price I am willing to pay. If my friends and those around me don't go with me all out for God, that's fine with me. I will pay that price because I am going all out for God. Why don't you head up a team of people that are sold out for God? Why don't you get a group of people around you and say, we are the firebrands for Jesus. We have, we're done with casual Christianity. We know it's not gonna stand the test of time. We know when the wind blows, casual Christianity is going to crash. It will not make it through the fire that will come in your direction. It comes in many, many different forms. You know, I see so many people crash because of the headwinds, because things don't go their way. But we need to understand that, friends. Understand this, that when your roots are deep in God, you will withstand anything the devil throws at you. You'll withstand any storm the enemy throws at you. Not only will you withstand it, you will soar like an eagle. Because every storm is to take you up. The enemy comes to take you down, but, the, but God has come to take you up. Use your storm to go higher in God. I've been through many storms in my life. I couldn't, can't count the how many I've been through, but I would almost say, I trust before God, I've used every storm to go up in God, to get closer to God, to go further in God, to get more fire for God, to get more faith in God, to get stronger in God, to get my roots down deeper in God. Use the storms to go up, not to go down. Use the storm to find God Use the storm to find God, not lose God. Use the storm to get closer to God, not get further away from God. That's what the plan of storms, that's what storms are all about, friends. So embrace the storm. Go and tell the person next to you, embrace your storm. Say it a bit louder. Embrace your storm. Because if you don't embrace your storm, it's going to take you down. And say, why is this happening to me? This, you know, you get upset, bitter, angry, all the rest of it. That's not going to help you, friends. Say, okay, God, come my way. I'm going to use this, and I'm going to go up. I'm going to fly to greater heights. Listen, if you use your storm right, you'll go to heights in God that you've never been to before. 
He's going to take you a place that is beyond anything that you've experienced right now in your life. Some people say get excited about storms. I reckon eagles, when they see storms, they probably say, wow, here we go. They ride, and we're called to be eagle Christians, aren't we? Yeah. All right? Tell the person next to you, man, I love storms. <laughs> yeah, that's a lie, isn't it? <clears throat> you know, God is igniting fires here in church. I talked to two men uh, just a couple of weeks ago. It was about half an hour after the service was finished, and they said to me, we don't want to leave this atmosphere. They were being impacted by God. You know, when people don't want to leave, you know God is starting to move. It's an atmosphere, an environment of his presence, of his workings, and people want to hang around and be in the presence of God. We said last week or a few weeks ago, some of you may have heard it, you know, the devil's not afraid of our programs. He's not even afraid of us coming to church, our Bible knowledge. Uh, he's not afraid of our preaching, our singing, our, you know, our gifts, you know, how, how much we read this book. That, none of that really bothers him. But I tell you what bothers the devil is when preachers are on fire, when singers are on fire, they can hardly contain themselves, when the musicians are on fire, when the sound desk is on fire, not literally, <coughs> when the sound people are on fire, you know, when the, when the people serving are on fire, when the greeters are on fire, when the hosts are on fire, when the car park staff, the workers are on fire, when everyone in the pew is on fire, when you have a church on fire, that's what bothers the devil. Any lukewarm Christianity, casual, he doesn't care about that because he knows a church without fire is not going to have any impact in the community. It's not going to transform lives. So he doesn't bother about that. But you start getting on fire, friends, and the enemy, you've got his attention. He starts to get troubled by you. He's bothered by you. But look, friends, when the fire inside of you is greater than the fire outside of you, you say, come on, devil, make my day. Calm down. There's no need to get too excited. You know, one of the things that keep your fire burning, getting involved with the Great Commission. That's why the Holy Spirit was given. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. You shall, you know, the Holy Spirit will come upon you to be witnesses. And so um, I was out playing golf the other day, about a week ago, and uh, a couple of guys said, Oh, come and join us. And I thought, Oh, man, I don't want to join anyone today. This is my day off. Anyway, they, we got talking. He said, well, what do you do? <laughs> I said, oh, I run a church. Shut up. I'm playing golf. <laughs> he said, oh, really? He said, oh, you're one of those Christians, are you? I said, yes, I am. And uh, he said, um, well, I just can't believe that there's a, there's a superior power out there that's above all. And I said, yeah, I understand that. I said, you know, um, many people are like that. And uh, can you just let me get on with my golf, please? <laughs> And he said, well, well how, do you, how do you know that there's a God? Well, you know, what makes you believe there's a God? I said, I said, look, it comes down to a personal revelation. All right, then I went to hit my next ball, and I think it went in the water. So I thought, right, this guy's going to get hellfire and brimstone now. Either he shuts up or he's going to get the whole gospel. So he said, no, no. He said, well, how do you get the revelation? I said, <laughs> I said well, it's got to be a personal. It's a personal thing that God gives you. He said, well, how did you get your revelation? 
So then I gave it to him, all right? I said, this is what happened to me, you know, I didn't, and I just went through, I shared my testimony with him, and you know, he was really, really interested. And his other mate was interested as well, and so I shared the gospel with both of them, but I was thinking to him, man, I can't even have a day off. <laughs> I just wanted to play golf, you know? I, I mean, I don't, I'm happy to evangelize six days a week, but not on my day off, but God set it up for me. But friends, you know, and then you know what I did all the way home for 15 minutes, I prayed for these two guys, um, Matt and Daryl, both of them, but I prayed for them the whole time and uh, you know, just trusting that God's going to do something in their lives. But you know, when you share Christ with people, it just stirs a fire within you, you know, something happens. So take those opportunities. Don't be as reluctant as I am, all right? But uh, be willing to share when Jesus gives you an opportunity. Hey, look, I was at, it's gonna, slide's going to come up for you. I was at the uh, preach the last weekend in the morning at Leith Valley Presbyterian Church. Wow, we had a great time there. And uh, there it is there. It's actually not a bad, not a bad size, 250, 300, somewhere around there people. And, uh, and he said to me, he said, look, please give an altar call for salvation. So I did, and three young men gave their lives to Jesus Christ. <laughs> Love the Presbyterians. <laughs> Love the body of Christ. And then that night, we had a combined uh, Dunedin churches uh, gathering, you know, I think over a thousand people. <laughs> it was a great time. And uh, I preached on revival there, and I think they didn't have a clue what I was talking about. But anyway, it was good. It was good. And you know, they probably may not have heard much about it down there. I don't know. Some of them would have understood. Anyway, at the end, I thought, well, let's have an altar call. And uh, 25 young people gave their lives to Jesus Christ. We talk about New Zealand and beyond. We talk about the conference, friends. It's being fulfilled through our Running With Fire ministries, through our conference, through these opportunities that we get to travel around the place. You know, I've been thinking about, I read about revival, and many of these people in the past who do these incredible things for God. One thing I notice is that a lot of them, like, you know, um, was it Jonathan Edwards and uh, John G. Evan Roberts, sorry, and John G. Lake, but many, of, many others of them, they burnt out. And I used to think, man, that, you know, you guys, you, you know, I used to have a bit of a negative thought about those people. That it was ridiculous. You know, why, why would you end revival and get burnt out? But you know, as I've thought about it, this is what I've, conclusion I've come to, and I may be wrong, but I reckon this. I reckon the fire burned in them so powerfully, so strongly, that they saw people being, multitudes being saved, they saw bodies being healed. They saw communities being transformed. They saw the desperate needs of people being met. And I reckon it was almost impossible or so hard for them to stop doing what they were doing because they knew in every meeting, lives are gonna be radically changed, healed, delivered, and set free. So the fire within them was so strong. You know, and that's what happens, that they could hardly contain themselves. Now, you know, what can we learn from that? What we can learn from that is we want that kind of fire, but we also want wisdom to not overdo it. But you know, when the fire burns, no one has to tell you to serve. You know, no one has to tell you to pray. No one has to tell you to have a devotional life. No one has to tell you to be in church. When the fire burns, it's, it's, a, it's a force that within you that drives you to live for God and to love Him. You know, they asked John Wesley, how did he draw these big crowds? He said, I set myself on fire and they come to watch me burn. <laughs> People love watching others burn, don't they? I think, well, why don't you just burn yourself? Right? Thank you for that great response to that point. <laughs> 
Yeah, why don't you ask the person next to you, why don't you, why don't you burn yourself? Go on, people come and watch you burn. Boy, that's about the quietest response I've ever had, people talking to one another. So I'm going to move on at this point. So, okay, how are you going to guard your fire? Or how are you going to increase your fire? I'm going to give you some thoughts here, and God's going to speak to you. Some of these are going to really apply to you, right? The first one is right speech. Ephesians uh, 4, 29 to 30, do not let corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Wrong speech is the great leaking pot of the Holy Spirit. You can come and get filled up, have a prayer time, fast, whatever, but then you start speaking negatively, and it's like the Holy Spirit just drains out of you. The fire of God just drains out of you, and the Scripture says we grieve the Holy Spirit. So it's almost like you grieve the fire of the Spirit within you. So guard your mouth. Everyone go like this. Do it again, some of you. All right, just make sure you keep doing it, all right? All campuses, guard your mouth. Hey, look, if people start talking negative to you, shut them down. Just say, excuse me, I don't need this nonsense dumped on me today. Thank you very much, <laughs> if you can help it, if you can do that. So sometimes you can, and then move on. All right, secondly, big one, right relationships. Do you know, when we have a broken relationship with someone or a conflict, it will dim your fire. Maybe more than almost anything else. If you've got a broken relationship, get it sorted now. Put it right as best you can. Do it now. They may not want to get it sorted out, but you do your part. So you've got a clean heart before God and say, God, I did my bit to put this relationship right. They didn't want to, and that's, that's, you can leave that in God's hands. But do not leave broken relationships. Do not let them fester, because I'm telling you, it will affect your fire, and it will just dim your fire in a very big way. You know, another thing that does it in terms of relationships is wrong friendships. If you have wrong friends around you, we've mentioned this so many times, it's like a cold wind blowing, and it will just knock you down. Some of you are so desperate for friends, I'll have, be friendly with anybody. Friends, don't do that, because you can't afford to lose your fire. Wrong friends, by the way, will take you in the wrong direction. Your friends are one of the greatest influences on your life. I remember when I got saved, and a number of years ago now, and this guy that, that, that witnessed to me, he was on fire. Abs I mean, he was poof. He was radically on fire. He still is on fire today. <clears throat> and when he got saved, I knew nothing about Christianity. And, and he said, oh, he'd take me down to, I just hung around him. He'd take me down to his uh, father's uh, farm. They had a farm out in uh, Riverhead Way. And we'd get to the farm and then he'd say, come on, come on, let's sing. You know, he is Lord and a cappella. And I thought, oh, jeez. <laughs> And away he would go. And I don't think he could sing very well, just as well I, just as well I could. But anyway. <laughs> And you know, so we'd be singing there, and then he'd, then he'd want to sing another song. I'm a new Christian. I'm thinking, man, this is out there. Like, this is, this is really embarrassing. I hope there's no neighbors listening to us around there. But, but uh, he, he was just so on fire. You know, I, I, he, he wanted to sing another song. I wanted to go home. But I hang around, and I caught the fire. You may want to leave early today. But hang around. Yeah. Hang around the church. 
and catch the fire. You've got to hang around the fire to get the fire, friends. It spreads pretty quickly if you stick around with it. So, hey, right relationships is all really, really a very important thing in this area. But I want to come to something that's really on my heart for this morning. And that is right responses to trials, to hurt, to pain. It's a key area for guarding our fire. It's where so many lose their way. Something happens. They get offended. They get hurt. There's a storm. There's a problem. Whatever it might be. People say things about them. And uh, we've got to make a right response. You see, history turns on a dime. And a dime is what I call a defining decision that takes a few minutes, a few moments of courage. And today, some of you sitting here need to make a tough decision to respond right to the trial that you're facing, no matter how severe it is. When I was uh, not long ago, I was talking to this woman in ministry. She was a fireball for God. I mean, she must have been 70 or so. And I just got to know her a little bit, and she shared with me how recently, maybe, I don't know, a number of years ago, her husband had an accident, and then he had a, a stroke, and he pretty much can't do anything around the house anymore, and she kind of has to live with that. And I thought, wow, that's pretty tough. And then she said that her son, at the age of 18, got some disease and ended up in a wheelchair. And she said she's been believing for his healing for 40 years. Husband and son. But she's responded right in great darkness and the fire burns within her heart. She was a testimony of the grace of God. But it showed me, friends, that when we respond right, doesn't matter what the enemy throws at us, we can maintain the fire, not only maintain the fire, I reckon it's increased the fire of God in her heart. So in the midst of your battle, do not lose confidence in God. <laughs> do not stop serving God. Do not stop worshiping God. In fact, say this, I'm going to show people that, he's not, that my God is not just the God of the mountains. He's also the God of the valleys. Just watch me get through this trial. Just let me be a witness to you that I, am a, I serve a God who's with me, not only on the mountain, he's with me in the valley as well. Watch me keep worshiping him, even on the mountaintop and even in the valley. Watch me worship Jesus, even when I've been hurt and offended and upset by people. Watch me lift my hands even higher in my darkest moments. I serve a God of the mountain, but I also serve a God who is with me in the valleys. I'm not serving a Santa Claus Christmas. Jesus, I'm serving a God that I serve because I love him, because he saved me. He's, he's, he's my savior. I'm gonna go to heaven. I don't serve him just because he blesses me every day. I'm not Jimmy who says, gimme, gimme, gimme. No, I'm a servant of the Most High God. I'm a servant of Jesus. I'll serve him in the mountains. I'll serve him in the valleys. I'll serve him in the highs. I'll serve him in the lows. I'll serve, I don't care what life throws at me. I'm gonna worship my Jesus. And devil, the harder you push me, the stronger I'm going to worship. Sing a little louder. He's the God of the mountains, but he's the God of the valleys. 
Let's get rid of this nonsense that we only love and serve and worship God when it's going well for us. Friends, what's that about? Where did that come from? Read the Bible. It's not in there. Those who achieved great things for God, they went through the valleys. They found God in the valley. They found Jesus in the valley. They found the fire in the valley. And they rose to heights like they never would have otherwise if they never went through what God put them through. History turns on a dime. And that dime is that defining decision. When you're in the darkest night, you respond to Jesus. You lift your heart, you lift your voice, you praise, you worship, you sing, you cry out. And you let God do a work in your life when you're in the darkest place. History turns on a dime. I was talking to another leader recently. Told me how his daughter and I met her. Born with serious, serious medical issues. Mental health issues as well. Four decades later, she's still struggling to get a job. It's a massive trial on him and his wife as well. But she told me about some other significant battles he's been through, and I, thought, I really felt for him. But then I was amazed, because he said to this, he said, it's okay. See, these trials have been the making of me. They have made me as a leader to do what I do today. And I thought, my goodness. And he became a man of prayer, reaching out to God in the valley. The fire didn't get dim, friends. The fire burned even brighter. You know what the enemy meant to take him down? God used it to take him up. Listen carefully. Whatever you're facing today, whatever you're facing today, God is up to something amazingly good in your life. If he's not, then he's not the God of the valleys. But he is, because he is the God of the valleys. God is up to something incredibly good in your life. I've walked with God many decades now. I don't know everything about God. I don't know everything about his ways. But one thing I do know is the future is better than the past. And God is always up to something good in your life and my life. Psalm 23, 6, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Don't lose your fire. History turns on a dime. Campuses right across town. I'm not finished yet. Would you all stand? If I can have the keyboard, please. Let's all stand. Kaitaia, Whangarei City, Rotorua, Sydney. Can we just stand? Because I want to pray for everybody right now. There's probably not a person in this place that's not facing something in which you need to respond right to. It may be a small thing. It may be a massive thing. It doesn't matter. It's all about responding right. It's all about responding right. It's all about responding right. If you respond right, grace of God kicks in. Supernatural power kicks in. God's strength kicks in. Everything kicks in when you respond right. Because responding right is, an, is, a, is, a, is a statement of humility.
It's a position of humility. And, and you know, God says, you know, he, 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 um, he, he, he brings down the proud, but He lifts up the humble. When you're humble, God comes on your scene. When you're proud and resistant, it's like He has to, He, he can't work for you. There's nothing that you can't get through with the right response. So why don't you reach out your hands or do whatever you want. Let me, let me just pray for, praying for all of us. Lord, I just pray for every person under the sound of my voice this morning. And Lord, I just ask that you would help every one of us. Lord, no matter what we're facing today, Lord, the dark night of the soul, the hurt, the pain, the storm, the sickness, the criticism, the betrayal, Lord, whatever it is, God, help us to respond. Lord, right to you. And Lord, as we respond right to you, we know history turns on a dime. And that decision, that courageous decision this morning will turn our lives around. That Lord, instead of this trial taking us down, it's gonna take us up. And we're gonna discover that you're not only the God of the mountain, but you are the God of the valleys as well. And Lord, that as we respond right, we're gonna find you in a greater and a deeper and more wonderful way than ever before. That Lord, we're gonna be like eagles and we're gonna use what we're facing to go higher in you, to get closer to you, to scale the heights in God. And Lord, that as we respond right, whatever we face, to, it's gonna be the making of us. What the enemy sent to take us down is gonna take us up. And Lord, we'll be careful to give you the praise and give you the glory. Help us, Lord, by your grace today to respond right to you. To humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God and say, God, we love you. We worship you on the mountains, but also in the valleys. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, Amen. Give God a mighty clap and a praise and a shout. Yeah! Woo! You can sit down and our keyboard will stay with us. I've got two more minutes. I'm going to wrap this up. <laughs> oh, man. People, how, you, how many of you ever heard of someone who said, the church hurt me? Gee. Oh, really? So the church hurt them, so they stopped going to church. I want to say to all of those people, please stop going to any place that's ever hurt you. So if you've ever been hurt at home, do not go back home. Come on. If you've been hurt at work, do not go back to work. So we get hurt at home, we go back. Get hurt at work, we go back. We get hurt in the street, we go back. But when we get hurt in church, we stop going to church. If you don't go to church because of people, you won't, go, won't stop going because of people and what they do to you. We don't come to church because of people. We come because of Jesus. We come because of God. And He's never let you down. He's never betrayed you. He's never hurt you. He's never done you bad. He's never done you wrong. He's never done you evil. He's never turned against you. He is the God of the valleys and the mountains. He is a good, 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 good God. Don't punish God. Don't punish God. Do not punish God because of what people do to you. The last place you should stop going when you're hurt is church. Because that's the place of healing. 
I'm not saying everyone around you is the person of healing, but the church is the house of healing. As I wrap it up, give you not enough fire to God. You know, sometimes the natural fire looks like it's gone out. It's actually not gone out. It's still a little ember there. You just got to blow upon it. Fire in your heart's not gone out. May not be quite what it needs to be, but give you not enough fire to God because God can do a lot with little. The boy with the five loaves and three fish, was that three? I always get that mixed up. Need to read my Bible more. <laughs> Boy with the five loaves and two fish. He gave his little to God. And God fed 5,000. I'm just asking you this morning give you not enough fire, give you a little fire to God. Because you know, I read this God is attracted to weakness. When we. He can't resist those who are honest with him and openly admit how desperate they are for him and for his fire. God responds to weakness. He's drawn to it. He's attracted to it. So be honest. Be humble. Tell God you don't have enough fire right now, but you're hungry for more, and he will respond. As a Music team would come and join me, please. History turns on a dime. That's really my message for today. And that dime is a courageous decision that takes just one moment, and it's making a right response to God. And then doing what you need to increase the fire within your heart. Thank you, campuses, for joining with us this morning. Trust that you enjoy the rest of your service and you catch the fire in Jesus' name. God bless you. Love you all. Amen.